today on our show? We are going back to an early episode again. That's right, son. One of Wayne's favorite man crushes. We are doing the top 10 T to the C. That's Tom Cruise to Tom you and me. Cruise. Movies this week on the show. Let's go. Shit, right? That's so damn good. That doesn't get you ready for some Tom Cruise action. Me? I got some wood going on here, son. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> uh, welcome to episode 463 of the Countdown Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. Welcome to the show. We count down stuff in order of awesomeness so you don't have to. Today, as mentioned, episode four. 459 episodes ago, Wayne. That we did this, this show? This is the first and for a long time the only actor countdown we did till the tragic passing of Bill Paxton, <sighs> according to my history of the show. Quite a so memory. That's how had. much love you have for this man I had. Will it still be the same? Because that's what we're here to revisit now. Interesting thing. Infamously, your memory is terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Mine is slightly better, I Bullshit. think. Bullshit. It's, it's wildly good. You didn't. You knew number four. I didn't know this shit. <laughs> well, only because I've got the whole the whole. Okay, you bothered to look. A, I, did look <laughs> I did look it up. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to see whether the lists have changed. Of course, obviously, we had a whole bunch of Tom Cruise films between 2015 and today. So I expect these lists to have changed up. Wayne has no idea what he voted before, and he's even been on Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast. Don't I do the top five? Podcast. 2020? Yeah, and four years ago did that four as well. Four years ago, no idea what the fuck I'm doing, or said, or thought, or thought. I guarantee so, it's different now, though. So you can guarantee this is a brand new episode with uh, probably some <laughs> the same stories told, but in different ways. No, no. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows? I can't remember. This is like opening your favorite candy and just not quite being sure whether or not it's got Turkish delight on the inside or chocolate. But you know you love it both. Yeah. What? <laughs> so there you go. I think that analogy works. That will do. There's nothing more to explain beyond that. Let's get into it with a segment which kicks off most every show. It's called The Recount. Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? Who? 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 again, Polly. Let's go. Last week, Wayne, I beat you about 60% of the vote to 40% of the vote. This week, for the superior list of spy films, you have reversed it and oh, taken out the triumph. 60% of the votes, so 59% of the votes to you from 44 votes, 41% to me. Well done on a comfortable victory. Oh, the feedback oh. that we got from the listeners in the Facebook list community link, only place you can vote for such things. From Chef Ben Randall said, damn, got to vote for Mike Wayne this week. I have an inexplicable soft spot for the man from Uncle. Yeah, baby, because it's the best. Troy Spinner, the man who puts the list together every week, said Paul had the superior Bond film and did not endorse cannibalism. Vote Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, well said there, sir. Rob Walter said, you both having Tenet was a bit of a shock, but Wayne having Man from Uncle and Enemy Estate earned him my vote. Ah, enema. Luke James Human said, EDC all the way. <laughs> <laughs> my man. And Stu from the Stu World Old Podcast. Great show. Check him out. Said Paul at True Lies, Kingsman and Fallout Higher plus Casino Royale. He wins. And then Michelle Dodo said, Wayne gets my vote for having sneakers on his list. Also, Yee. got a new movie to check out thanks to his list, as I'd never seen Charlie Wilson's War, so I checked it out after this episode, which is awesome. That's the whole Digging. mandate of the show Fantastic. right there. And then Smiley Smarty, mate, to us said, The Lives of Others is superb, and a pleasant surprise to see on either list, pointy for Paulie. All right. And then lastly here, Min Harker, aka Dan, said, Vote for Wayne for having a more diverse list, not 100% action movies. Fair enough there. A vote for you. Well done there, sir. Good now, old peeps. One other bit of information there in relation to this week's recount from mm-hmm. John Hislander, patron of the show, said, uh, Speaking of spy movies, just saw something on the socials that rings true. Scenario hmm. released in 2006. Yep. Quantum of Solace released in 2008. It hurts my soul a little bit that they didn't give us a Bond movie in 007, 2007. Oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. Won't have an opportunity like this for a thousand freaking years. <laughs> Almost as bad as, hat tip to Wayne Aruzu, not naming Now You See Me Too, Now You See Me Too, colon, Now no, You, you Don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go straight, Now You Don't. <laughs> uh, Thank you, everyone, to get back to us with their feedback on the show. We really appreciate it. Let's get into it then, Wayne. Let's just start it. Let's go, bro. By the way, folks, little digging on the Tom Cruise I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know he is 60? Did you ask permission? Yes, I did. <laughs> he said no. 61 years old. Mr. Cruz, wow. imagine that. He's the guy that gives me hope, Paul. Mm-hmm. You and I are, are, are knocking on the door of 50. Knock, knock, knocking on 50's door. That's right. And, uh, you know, this guy's still running in movies. 
I hope to be running at 50. Uh, so <laughs> My knee is a bit of a shit shot at the moment. So no, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be running. You'll be running. Uh, he has done 44 films in his time, mm. of which we are picking 10. And all around, I would say that even though he had that funny period with all the Oprah jumping couch and then he was unpopular for a while, sure he had the smarts to go do a comedy and then fucking get him back. And he's still, I would say, probably, we, we, people say this about him one time, the only real movie star left. One of the few, I should say. Yeah, look, it's it's well, a rare person who opens a film as an actor alone these days. That's well, for his, sure. I mean, not his last mission, but the last last mission, and top, you know, some of the, all these other some of the other films, you might some of the other films that might turn up, um, they're still breaking box office. So he's still got the shtick yeah. at this age. Forget about it. This guy's someone, all right? There you go. He is, and uh, we can just put aside his hairy history or current status as a Scientologist. I think you as, know what uh, that hasn't come up in years. I think he's just wised up and said, "I'm not saying shit about this." Well, and, that's right. And also, I don't think he's banging anyone. No, When's just, the last time you he, heard no, about no, him no, and someone? No, no, no. He just broke up with a Russian socialite Did he? something or other, yeah. Oh, well, my news sources have failed me. They have. Okay, there you go. Good for him. All right. All right, Wayne, I'll lead away. You go. This is your favorite topic. You can bring us home. My number 10 is a title of a film which does not apply to this room. It's A Few Good Men. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Tell Directed us about it. Rob Reiner in 1992, and this is a whole... Military courthouse drama yeah, where yeah. Tom Cruise is playing the the uh, pro- prosecutor. He's a JAG prosecutor, yeah. Oh, is he? No, is he defending? I no, sorry, now. he is. That's a good question. What was it? Oh no, he was defending. He is in JAG, but he's the defender. Yeah, the prosecutor is Kevin Bacon. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so he's trying to defend this guy from apparently murdering a one of his cohorts. Right. right. Anyway, got Jack Nicholson. It's got Demi Moore. As you said, got Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Pollack. It's uh, yeah, quite the cast. And it's a, a pretty great acting tour de force. I think you described this whole it's, film as absolutely. Kevin Pollack speaks about this uh, a couple of times on the, on his various interviews, and he was talking about how like the Jack Nichols. Everyone came to see the Jack Nichols. He's only on a few couple of days a week uh, of the of the shoot, but everyone shat their pants. And he said he did the same take every single time, and it was perfect. But yes, this is a great show. It may or may not have involved. Uh... You can't handle the truth. Why did I think you wouldn't play that? <laughs> Why did I even think that? Pretty much any reason made my list. Oh, I knew it, motherfucker. <laughs> no, no, number ten. It's, it's a no. good film. It's a good film. It's a good film, but it is a courtroom drama, and I would say early '90s courtroom dramas aren't really my thing. In fact, courtroom dramas aren't really my things. But this is one of the better ones of the lot. It is, and it's when and he's Cruise young is good. And, Cruise yeah. is good as a you know at this stage. I guess he's what half his age. Now he's twenty nine years old, give or take, in this movie. And he's fucking you know up against Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. and Footloose and shit. Yeah, fair enough. Nice work, nice work. Good pick. Thank you. My number 10 is a film that I have quite a bit of fondness for. You might argue it's his first and only horror film, Paul. Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, it was I on know my original on. list back in episode four. Dropped off now. Was it? Okay, so... Because I do find that film hasn't aged well. I would... Really? Not, not having to go. I'm saying it was. And it yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, but I, t- to be fair, I haven't seen it in a lot of years. This is another example of a strange where Tom Cruise likes to insert himself in roles he's not really right for. Well, this is the thing about this film when it came out, ladies and gentlemen. Anne Rice, the novelist from Interview with the Vampire, who wrote it, she said that she famously was like, why the fuck are they choosing Tom Cruise? He ain't no Lestat. Blomf, blomf, blomf. Or Lee Child might have a similar thought about uh, another franchise. Well, one might think that. But uh, she then literally, when she said she saw the dailies or whatever, she's like, I was completely wrong. He's amazing for it. Some people joke that she saw the royalty check. (laughs) But um, what was interesting about this film is that Okay, so I've actually read that freaking book. So you I'll probably lie. have, right? Yeah, it's really boring. <laughs> it is boring, but Sting said that he thought it was the most erotic novel he's ever written, and he wrote a song called Moon Over Bourbon Street about it. But anyway, it's Sting, whatever. Uh, if I ever lose my faith. Yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, so, <laughs> Grover. Um, yep, sure. <laughs> but this film here, the, the Neil Gaiman, um, act, Neil Gaiman. No, Anne Rice. No, Anne Rice did that, but the director of the film was Neil. Neil Jordan. Neil Jordan, there yeah. you go. He actually no chose. No, in front of me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he chose dudes who were known for their looks. So, Brad Pitt, fucking Antonio Banderas. Banderas. Yeah, um, fucking, you know, Tom Cruise. You might argue Chris, uh, Christian Slater and so on. Yep. Um, well, the introduction to Kirsten Dunst as well, I believe. Kirsten Dunst, right? But this is a amazingly, I don't know what it is about it, but the fact that Lestat was the guy that he was and the way Tom Cruise played him, I didn't think he had that range at the time. This is 94, this movie came out, mm-hmm. right? And so I absolutely love it. I think I have a fondness for it because I saw it with an early girlfriend when I was totally in love with her. And we sort of felt held hands in this movie. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it was a great day, you know? Uh, but either, either, even so, I do love the film. Uh, has an aged well. I, I suspect it may not. But, you know. Yeah, fine. No, yeah. I'm not having a go at you. Like I said, probably on Monroe Winters. Did I no. put on Monroe Winters? Let's find out. 
No. <laughs> Dropped off mine on Winston's as well. Oh, well. Nevertheless, it's uh, a fine enough film. My number nine, Wayne, is a film I know is going to be high on your list. You are much higher on this movie than I am. I've still only seen it the once, and it was 22 years ago. It was, however, a memorable sci-fi film directed by none other than Steven Spielberg. I'm talking Minority Report. Bro, great film. I mean, tell, tell what do you think about it? Like, oh, what's it's he plays a, a what's it called a pre-crime cop? Pre-crime cop, and so he's trying. He gets to go and arrest people before they commit a crime based on these uh, tell a, well, what's the word? Uh, pre precogs precogs that can see the future and are plugged into this machine. They are glorified. They're not really humans, are they? They're, they're made less than that because they are forced to serve the state. Yes, and so of course, eventually he is going to commit a crime, and so the forces that he used to serve are now after him, and he's got to prove himself innocent of something he hasn't even yet done, which is a fascinating idea. It comes from Philip K. Dick, one of the greatest sci-fi writers who's ever lived, and of course, Stevie Spielberg doing the actual doing no, film. Yeah, that doesn't hurt at all. You know what was cool about this film, right? I obviously yes, definitely on my list and way higher. But one. First of all, Steven Spielberg, if you look at this film, it looks like a it looks a bit like a Len Wiseman film. It's so blue. It's blue and white. It's actually more white than it is blue, but it's very mono. On purpose, it's clearly a decision he's making. It was amazing looking. Tom Cruise was great in it. It's the first time I saw Colin Farrell and I was I think he yeah. actually stole the show. Because I was like, this guy is really, really good. No, and he's another movie star guy, right? But for sure. Seeing all of the stuff that was in here and the idea that because we all we had endless arguments about, hang on. If you're catching someone before he does the crime, even though he was about to do the crime, which they explore in the film, is it really a crime? Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. Of course, the, the, the ethics of it is a big is a big deal, which so. is a great like talking point for the film. But the best thing is that cool weapon he had, where he whips his fucking thing around and shoots a fucking shockwave into people. It's like a shotgun, but it's shockwave shotgun, son. Fool. EDC. The... Yeah, baby. <laughs> Although I don't know if you call these everyday carry, but never mind. In that world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Minor Report was like absolute favorite of mine. I think it's definitely, well, obviously it's up high on Lee. But... It's ripe for a uh, review, a, a rewatch from me. There's a bunch of those films that are 20, 25 years old that I had, Dude, I liked or had affection for, which I've never watched again. So. At the end of this list, I've got my honorable mentions. There are things in there that you think you've bypassed from Tom Cruise that are worth a second look because you can't, it's hard to remember, but like if you, upon a second watch, you'll get more things from it. But definitely this one for you. So All right, yes, cool. Minority else, report. No, you happy with that? Great. Yep, great. What's, what's your number nine? My number nine is War of the Worlds, which I'm sure you'll put higher. Yeah, a little bit. A okay. little bit higher. So 2005, War of the Worlds. Low, 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 low. Yeah. Low, 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 low. His other <laughs> Steven deep Spielberg. Hands <laughs> out there too. <laughs> I didn't fucking get it. <laughs> but this is his other Steven Spielberg like collaboration. Mm-hmm. It's the H.G. Wells novel. But I think what we, I certainly liked about it was Tom Cruise, again, now he's playing, after all of his action roles and whatever. He's, he's an everyday dad. Everyday dad. He's a bit shit. Yeah, but uh, this is his thing. Like, when a guy like Tom Cruise is playing the everyman, it's like, you're still a pretty good looking man. Like, I mean, okay. Sure. You know, but like, all right, fine. But he's got the kids and he does all a lot of cool shit in there. And I think they, um, <laughs> yeah, it's very, very apt description. Um, but what I really liked about it was when the aliens shot people and they just, like, like they kind of like, I guess dusted almost, mm-hmm. and their clothes were left behind. I was like, "That's so effective because it was because so, people were running, and then just people were disappearing around him, but their clothes were left." And some of them, I was like, "That's the shit." It that, looked really cool. That was cool. The opening, there's an opening scene or shot, not opening shot, the shot very early in the movie where they are running away. They're, yeah, they're in the car, and the, and the camera is just Steven Spielberg and the shit out of it, going round and round. Dude, the car. that was so good. It's eh? Hard to tell how they did it. It really is super impressive. I geeked out with a fellow film person who I just barely knew at the time, and I can't remember his name, but I remember him seeing the film first and texting me saying, one of the most outstanding special cinematic experiences I've ever had. And I was like, whoa! It's the best version of this story, I think, by a long, long way. If only it didn't drop the ball in the last five minutes with the most wimpy cop-out Paul does not like the way this film ends. I do. I think it's fine. It's fucking stupid. We always say that. It's Steven Spielberg's big crutch, which he's lent on almost his entire career, and it really sucks. He's been doozling. He he cannot help himself but come back to the family has to have a happy ending. He's almost incapable of of a... In this kind of film or any film involving a family, it's okay in Saving Private Ryan to kill off lots of people because we don't see them with their families. But the moment families come in, those people are fucking safe. Would you, would you say that? Now, the Fablemans might be different, but anyway, I'm talking about up until this point in time. Oh, Fablemans is like, um, but that's just his. It's not. It's barely to do with that. Would you say that then, as a result of that ending, this doesn't stick the landing? Yeah, 100%. okay, yeah. This film yeah. would be way higher on my estimation. Like it would go from being a three and a half star to a four and a half star potentially if it had the balls to follow through on what it set up. 
I was watching a Sly Stallone documentary a little while back, and he was saying that he is guilty of this. He goes, look, I like a happy ending. Sue me. So that's why your shit is always like that mm-hmm. as well, he said. So, hey. Paul's and not if you want audience. one of the greatest happy endings of all time, check out The Expendables 4. Fucking <laughs> 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 yeah. piece of shit, yeah, Sly. that was a piece of shit. Oh, well. Uh, there you go. Number nine, War of the Worlds, people. All right, I was uh, what's coming up. My list number eight again. Another film. I think there's going to be a lot. This be crossover. We're just going to crossover series. Many quick episodes. Quick hit, people. This quick will hit. be a quick hit, and that's absolutely fine. Every once in a while, my number eight is a film we spoke about very recently in the form of a comedy from this millennium. It's Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder is so good. I want to shit my pants. Yeah. You know what? And that's my number seven. So I mean, oh, um, guys are pretty close. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, when we, we did talk about it and how I didn't know it was Tom Cruise till halfway through the movie, and then I shot my pants when I figured it out. But let's just talk about the fact that. This was that time in his career where he was on the ropes. 2008. That's right. No one liked him. Scientologists, jump on couches, Katie Holmes, yada, 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 Oprah. And then he actually, Seth Rogen tells a story about this, actually, where Tom Cruise actually started taking meetings with people like him to say, look, I'm trying, he didn't actively say this, but he's trying to get into comedies because basically he feels like his star is falling and not so much falling, but people, you know, the disillusionment thereof, people want to see him not take himself seriously. Mm -hmm. And how could he possibly have ever done better? Huge reinvention. But then um, he said that Ben Stiller talks about this where Tom Cruise, you know, I got this part, Len Grossman, and then it was Tom Cruise's idea to saying, can I get really big fat hands? Can you give me big fat hands? And I want to be bald and I want to dance. And, all and he had to learn to dance in this and that. And Ben Stiller was not big on it. He was like, yo, I think that's too much. They ended up working it out and this is how it came out. And I'm like, this is, that's actually genius for this to work out the way it is. It's such a big swing pole for a guy like yeah, this. Yeah, it is. You didn't know it was going to work so well. I probably should realize, recognize this point. I'm listing my favorite films that Tom Cruise is in. Not my favorite Tom Cruise roles, if that makes any if sense. He, if he, he's a like a third lead on this thing, he's definitely a Tom Cruise film. Oh yeah, I'm not having a go. Oh, is he a third lead? I don't know if he's that important in the film. I mean, you got obviously Ben Stiller, but you he's got an Robert and Downey Tom Jr. You've got yeah, yeah. He's got the and credit. Yeah, then and credit Jack is big. Black's more in it than he is for sure. I maintain that the and credit is more important than second billing. Ooh, I don't know about that, bro. Pacific Heights, that. Pacific Heights, Timothy Hutton, you know Jennifer Jason, what's her name? And Michael Keaton. He's the guy, he's the villain. They'll put him in. It's it's the big sell about someone who's basically in a, a very co role, but is famous enough like to demand this. Attention. Remember when you and I watched Armageddon for the first time, right? Yep. It's Bruce Willis, this guy, this guy, and it's like and Ben Affleck, yep. and we were like. This motherfucker's getting an end credit like two years into his career for get, well however long you know was it really end Ben Affleck? I remember that. he was he got the end credit it was fucking insane right and so we were like dude he's killing that would be, it that's much more he's the second lead in that movie for that's sure what I, this is why I'm saying but not here there's no way that no he's, but even though even though your t- your screen time doesn't reflect it no. the end credit means you're the you're, you're, you're kind of you're the, very important you're yes. more than the second lead you're more than the second lead you're, you're, and uh, it's huge you're, that is the name that you drag people into the into the film around so you know it's pretty much and anthony hopkins in most films he's in other than when he's the headliner absolutely and sometimes when they got two and credits it goes and anthony hopkins with meryl street yeah, it's I like love, that i love the way they try i love that, that shit out. i'm like ooh, who gets the end credit yeah so anyway that's the kind of people we are ladies and gentlemen uh but yes the, the movie the, geeks i believe it is yes yes is tropic thunder is a great call uh absolutely and a really fun film okay so great what's your number eight Eight is Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, gee, that's Edge of low. Tomorrow. Well, okay, let me tell you about oh my Edge of God, Tomorrow. It's so low. First of all, I saw this thing about. No. Okay, it is a little low, but there's a lot of class to pick from here, Polly Pazula. It's. I saw this not two weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen. I saw it again. I was with a friend. She's all like, "Yo, what's um, what are we gonna watch?" And then I'm going through her flicks, and I'm like, "You haven't seen Edge of Tomorrow?" She's no. I'm like, "Well, that's what's gonna happen right now." Anyway, prepare yourself for some deja vu. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. Doug Lyman directed time ropey thriller kind of whatever it is sci-fi action, sci-fi action. classic yeah him Emily Blunt anyone listening to this list I'm sure you know about this film we don't Hold have to on. talk too let much me, about let me it. just yeah. Bill Paxton Bill one of Paxton. his last great roles is it his last role no he's been one of his last yeah. Brennan Gleeson Noah Taylor a bit of an Aussie I love a, a fan there oh, that's right. yeah, so yeah. I mean I'm not saying this is the greatest cast ever but uh, you get those three as the first three and Bill Paxton plays the asshole gunnery sergeant type dude oh he's so, great he's, sergeant, he's being so Bill Paxton-y <laughs> but um, the, uh, I just having watched it for the probably sixth time why it works is that to uh, shoot this thing where you're taking the audience back to the same entry point like 
at least 10 times. For you have to film that in a way that doesn't piss them off the sixth time they see it or even the third time they see it. And Doug Liman's doing a stellar job yeah. here by doing that. I think the, it's not just Doug Liman, it's the editing on this film is. Oh, sorry, the, probably the editing. It is the editing, yeah. And, and you are actually still engaged the whole way through the film, and that's why it's great. And Paul hates the ending on this Another one too. Pussy ending. Because he thinks his pussy's out. I disagree completely. That makes the movie. Because then you because the way that the, the moment that the movie ends on is literally Emily Blunt looking at Tom Cruise like, I got something on my face. And he's like, boom, that's it. Fate, shut, that's not black. even that part. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me is is what happens. seem to violate the rules of the film. Disagree completely. When he goes out and takes spoilers, everyone, the big thing <laughs> for a out. Film ten years ago. Yeah, for the the big thing out. When it blows up, all of its blood goes on him and kills him underwater. So so that's a magical, he can now, he, he lives the same day over and over and over Well, again, what I think, if you had to go there, what I would say is this is the granddaddy creature, not the little, not the, the big one that just fucked him up in the first place. I need to watch it again. This one time, has more like blood, cheat. more blood gets on him. He gets obliterated by it. So he goes further back in time. The best thing about this film would have been, because he's an, he, and this is what I like about Tom Cruise's role in this. He's not playing the hero. He's playing a pretty cowardly kind of dude who's, He's meant to be a communications officer. Yeah, he's, really. like a, he's a marketing guy like me. Yeah. We are not tough people. And <laughs> and through the course of the film, he has to grow some balls by dying multiple hundreds of times to because the machination of the film, he gets, as you said, blood on him and now he flashes back to one day in the past and relives that day over and over again, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's and we'll of course, that it's, it's the crucial day, exactly. So no, it's it's in terms of like note perfect, like kind of like because time travel but films has he always died fuck up. at the end of that having that's the perfect arc for his character. That's what he 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 was building to the have the balls to die for the human race, and he should have. But it's far more interesting now that he's the guy who's got that blood on him. Now he can continue his life going on, and the next time he dies, he's going to go back to that moment where everyone won again. How oh, what a great life, Paul! <laughs> what a great fucking life! All right, forget about it. <laughs> All right, we d- agreed to disagree, but I, what we do agree on is how good that movie is. I think it's even better than you do, clearly, in terms of at least Tom Cruise films. So. Sure. All right, my number seven, Wayne, probably also going to be low on your list. It's lucky, not lucky, it, it was this or eight for me, and mm-hmm. I, in the end I stuck it here because of just how much of an impact it had on the box office. Top Gun, Maverick. Yeah, just slightly my, higher than mine. My number seven. Uh, it's a fine film. I don't think it's the second fucking coming of action films. I don't think it's the greatest thing since Last Bread. I don't understand the absolute amazing love for this movie. It's fine. Well, let me explain it's, it no, for you, Paul. Fine, it's a fine, fine film. I mean that in a good way. It's a fine film. It's well put together. And I'm very interested to hear your thoughts because it seems to reflect the zeitgeist or the mm. entire world view. It's way better than the original and the original better not be on your list higher than this thing because that original is fucking terrible. Look, here the, the original was its own... Um, at its time, it was a, great. At its time, it was a beast and it's his because... Does not hold it's up. It's not on my list. It's terrible. All right? it's not, look, I don't think it's terrible. I think It's for, a two-star film now. No! For what, for, here's what happened, right? In the fucking... It was 86 or whatever? Uh, yeah, five, six, yeah. Yeah, 85 or six. When the 80s were there, we didn't really have uh, that... Or at least for me, who and I was like, whatever, 15 at the time, right? 86, 5, that was 10. 11. 11, yeah. Uh, so I didn't really understand what a movie hero was. I didn't think that anyone, like an, an air, airline pilot, was Air Force pilot was necessarily cool. Then we see all this cool shit, Miramar, Top Gun, motherfucking Kelly Danger McGillis, zone. Danger Zone, all that shit, and all these cock-swinging fucking like, marine motherfucking pilots and shit. Cock-swinging? Yeah, they were swinging cocks, man. And so for that, it was the entire thing. I told you, that's the movie where I learned that you're supposed to stick your tongue in a woman's mouth when you kiss her. That was weird. But there you are. <laughs> so that nostalgia is going to carry it. through. <laughs> yeah. um, it was less weird. Yeah, it's so great. Anyway, <laughs> so now you're Top Gun Maverick, right? First of all, after 200 years, typically the sequel sucks for dick, doesn't it? Well, yeah, with, with some notable exceptions, including Mad Max Fury Road. Exactly. But that's like, you can count them on one hand, son. Yeah, very very right. few leg- leg- sequels or exactly. legacy sequels or whatever. And then, well. not only that, this is the time where people were like, never going to go back to the movies because of the COVID and so on, right? And so, now, bitch, please. <laughs> so people said. Remember, Steven Spielberg literally shook his hand on film saying, you saved cinema. So, come on. Anyway. Yeah, we know Tom Cruise when I have a tug off that night. <laughs> With that hand, hopefully. Are you kidding me? I would have too. Um, so, but now, this is another film that I saw with someone, and I recommended it, saying, look, I think this is a great film, even yeah, though... you missed the screen, this because you had COVID. That's right. Yeah. And so, when we did see it, about that end scene where he's in the bar or whatever, she goes, you're right, this is a good film. And after hearing that it's good, and then seeing that it's good, it clearly is good. Now, you might argue, Paul, 
Oh, Goose is there. Oh, they've got to infiltrate a place. Oh, this place has F-14s in there, just like the old plane you used to it's play. It's exactly the same fucking film. But it's, not a, even, it's not remotely but, the same but film. But let me, let me finish. But with a much better and clearer goal set out. That first movie, they don't even, they're like, you're just going to be the best of best. Why? Because you do. Like in this film, they're training for this big mission, which yeah, is great. Which is the, rolling with the times, Paul. No one likes a cockswinging marine anymore. They like a, just a, 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 a marine that you can identify well, Glenn with. Glenn Powell still is, is still cockswinging. Yeah, but even he is just like, oh, he's playing pure wanker. He's the Iceman of that age, right? That's what I'm saying. It's, everything is the same. No. Is that Goose's son is Goose's, Goose's son. Goose, Goose didn't die. The only person that died was, in fact, Iceman. And that was like, he was like natural causes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not the same movie at all, Paul. Yeah. It's just that the with, same beats. But if I was like, but let's okay. tugging on your nostalgia boner. It is, but so hard. But if it didn't, wouldn't it have failed, Paul? Yeah, probably. So it, I'm it, saying it, it's yeah. a perfect, it's a perfect line. This one. So yes, Top Gun Maverick, absolutely. It's a good bro. film. Sorry, I mean, it sounds like it's not a good film. I enjoyed it. It was good. I think it made my number ten of the year. I think it, it deserved out. every penny it got. One guy talking. Oh, well, that's a lot. Was of, that a, a lot of pennies? Eight billion or something. It was at least one and a half. I can't remember what the final score. Crazy. All right, there we go. It's we'll see where it falls on my list. And yeah, nine number six is the. Oh no, it's you. You're number seven. Sorry. Yeah, my number seven is Tropic Thunder. Okay, my number six is War of the Worlds. And my number six is Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> All right, so we've just gone baby bang there. Three of them very close to there. My number five, first mention of this one. And so far, you've only got one of my top six that you've mentioned that we haven't talked about. That we have talked about, sorry. My number five is The Last Samurai. Oh, yeah, baby. It's on my list. Higher. This was way higher when we originally did this. And I really, really love this movie. Because he's done some class scenes, Paul. He's That's done why. a lot of class scenes. He has. And... Other films, I think, stand the test of time better. But what I will say about The Last Samurai is I think people have the wrong idea about this movie. That Tell me. It's called The Last Samurai, and I'm looking at the poster here, and there's Tom Cruise in you know, Japanese sort of samurai armor, armor and he's, got, he's holding a sword there, ready to pull it out of its sheath, and he's looking all regal, and like, he is The Last Samurai. No. Actually, that's not what the film is. And I think the film gets a bad rap from people going, oh, it's white savior fucking complex. I, I was reading this about this not just two days ago because I was like looking at the list and it said, the, the reviewer said, this movie would get hell in today's Twitterverse it's, culture. It's, it would, but it's not as straightforward as you think. It's actually Ken Watanabe, right? He's yes. the last samurai. Yes. This is a little bit like uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and Last of the Mohicans, even though Daniel Day-Lewis is depicted in that film, I think, to be half. Yeah, half. He's, he's, uh, he's half yeah, Native half, American, half white. Half yeah. white. In this film, obviously, Tom Cruise is all white. He's a, an officer who comes over in the army and in a time where Japan was not God, I don't get any of in. that, bro. I don't get any of that. My, I guess I'm defending it a little bit, but what you have to see is this is directed by Edward Zwick. Yeah. And the guy did Glory, which mm. I think is one of, the, one of the best war films ever made. One of the most powerful emotionally, certainly. This film does some great moments. Like bro. Too. Some of the, the act, not the action, the war sequences are, are sort of breathtaking. The relationship that gets built up, okay, that's not the best part of the film, but I really came to believe the connection between Tom Cruise's uh, Nathan Algren mm-hmm. and Ken Watanabe's uh, Katsumoto. About the whole thing, but to, to extend upon what you were saying, the actual thing this movie is about is not about White Savior. It's barely even about the it's samurai, if you think about it. It's actually about transformation. Mm-hmm. This film is about this guy. He's like completely pitched out. He's like in the war, but like the bad guy, sorry, bad guy, one of the Japanese generals sees him fighting against everyone. And, you know, that scene where he's got the fucking like lance or whatever it's called, it, halberd or whatever. And he's fighting with the one guy and he actually manages to defeat him despite being completely fucked up. The Japanese soldiers, instead of killing him because he killed one of their guys, they pick him up, they bring him to their camp, and they fucking honor. Yeah, mm. and it's like, and then he gets taken care of by the guy he killed his family, like because it's like, okay, will this happen? So he's like, holy shit! And then he comes to appreciate their way. Comes to appreciate their way, and it's yeah, it's, it's like a little dances with wolves. Yeah, okay, it's it's dances with wolves. <laughs> yeah, but how effectively and amazingly the story old time. <laughs> it is rather but it's okay if as long as it entertains you and I'm going to tell you I'm going to still harp on this that scene where he's in the village at night and he's set upon by like six guys who all have swords the and ninjas he, they're not ninjas they're they kind of like ninjas I think they are kind of ninjas but they were they're saying like the time of the samurai is gone yada 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 they all pull swords he hasn't got a sword ladies and gentlemen but in one move, that whole scene is one move. It's shot in one shot, even though they cut, cut, cut. I've seen the, the raw footage. He rolls, he disarms one of them, and he kills all six of them And with that sword. It is the most beautiful looking thing. And it must have been run a million times. But holy shit, that made the film for me. Yeah, it's a great movie. I call it a masterpiece. I call this a masterpiece. I like this movie a lot. It's a, you know, a four star. We're into four star territory now for me with everything else that's on. Oh, yeah. It's my definitely list. totally one of, one of my favorites. All right. So, yeah. You know, hey, come at us if you will, but uh, we, we enjoy this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm fine with it. My number five, I guess 
this was always my favorite film for a long, long time, but it's number five. So Jerry Maguire. Whoa. Jerry Maguire. You knew it was going to happen. Now, um, Jerry Maguire. Hey, hey, Jerry let Maguire. me see where he is on my list. Not here. Yeah, of course it's not here, <laughs> Paul. You're not a corporate drone like I was, Ben, am, ish. Um, it's, <laughs> this is a thinking man's movie, and this is why I really like Tom Cruise. Sure, we talked about all his action and stuff, yeah, but yeah, this guy's an actor yeah, as well. Yeah, there's right? absolutely are films like this. And you do. You're good, Ben. Exactly. So Tom, so Cameron Crowe's oft-quoted dramedy, show me the money and so on sort of thing. This was the film I watched every time I fucking changed jobs. I've stopped doing that since, but Changing I... Changing jobs or watching this film? Oh no, I've changed jobs like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, everything that worked on this one was Renee Zellweger, Cuba Gooding Jr., even that kid, you know, Jonathan Lipinicki. Oh yes, um, yep, yep. All of those things were great, and I think this is just a delight. This film is a delight. Even Kelly Preston. I love Kelly Preston. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and, that's um, a bingo. It's absolutely, uh, it's still one of my favorites. It's still on the list. It's still great, but it's it's 90s. The way it is is 90s. I still love everything about it, though. So great film, Jerry Maguire, 1996, ladies and gentlemen. All good. At one stage, Wayne's favorite film of all time, so it had to be on this Totes. list. Totes. My number four, Wayne, is, and I wanted, no, I'm not going to say that, Mission Colon Impossible, also from 1996. Original one? The original, directed by Bri Bri De Palma, before he De Palmered. There you go. Um, yeah, look, this is it's one of my HMs. I love this fucking movie. I think it holds up, but I can understand if you don't. No, no, I think it does. It like, does hold up. And who would have thought that back in 1996, this would be the film series that would define the rest of his career? Yeah, you're right. In terms of series, yes. I, I, I argue it's not the film that defines his not career. It's the film. It's a series. Absolutely. Like the, He has spent now, we're coming up on... 30 years working on these films. Obviously with breaks in between and doing oh, other stuff. Interesting. Like it's, it's, so this is what's interesting about the first mission, right? Is that, yeah, we, you and I always talk about the fact that I can't believe he's doing it like it's just him. It's not a team. It is a team, but he's still the star. Yeah. So I, I absolutely front and center. Because we didn't know how it was going to go. And John Voight's car is in it and shit like that. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ethan Hunt is a character who will resonate through action cinema through the ages, I believe. And this is the, this is the role, like it or not, that he will be best known for. I agree. And you know what? So the first one happens and it's not yet established that he's doing real stunts like it became in mm. the series. Okay. So, but with this one, I actually would argue this because I think, just bonus, I think Tom Cruise's worst movie is probably not this one, but it's around this one. It's Mission Impossible 2, right? Oh, Mission Impossible 2 is a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit. But it's I think it's where, misstep. I think it's where he started doing his own stunts. This film, that film sucks. I can name a bunch of other Tom Cruise films, which I think suck as no, no, well. No, no, look, you can't do 44 films and they're all fucking no, killers. No. no way in hell, right? In fact, the, these are the bombs. But like this one here is just purely about him. It's the magic of him. That, the scene with well, the it's aquarium. Him, but it's also the magic of, I think, Brian De Palma, who at this point in time was about to De Palma. Yeah, which this we is a peak. Collectively coined for a director who was once great and then drops off and becomes absolute shit, just does straight to video shite. Exactly. So De Palma, there's no better example of, of that than him. But right here, some of those, the staging, the sequences, the overhead shot moving over shit. Oh, bro. I, I still think the aquarium, like, the aquarium explosion shot thing. where he, yeah, he throws the gum on it and jumps away but from it. But him jumping and then even... What about the, the, the kilted angles? Kittridge, you've never seen, seen me very upset. upset. Yeah, exactly, right? That was a line that resonated through our friendship group for, for again, decades probably. All over the place, yeah. man. And that's why it became... Honestly, this, is, this movie is an aspect of the magic of film that captivated us to do stuff like that, what we're doing right now. Yeah. You know and, I mean? and in fact, this was right around the time that well, the I was, we did the family. Oh yeah. And then was, and there's no doubt this film was a big influence on at least some of what I shot. You kidding me? So, I dropped that line in the film. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> deliberately so. Uh, even, even the angles and the, and the like, the low down sort of kilted angle. I love that shot. I love that shot to this day, even though it gives everyone a big chin. I know. And even like, but that's the thing though, right? This, in terms of like how it made cinematic history and our history, it's definitely high up. Um, but I've got another mission on my film on my list, so, so that's do why. I. Yeah, and so I was going to play the rule of only one film per franchise, but, but he's only got one fucking franchise. That's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. True. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. No. Good call. Absolutely. What that was you your number. That was my four. That was four. So my four is Minority Report. Okay, that is high. My mm. three is Edge of Tomorrow. That's how high it went for me. And my three is Lost Samurai. <laughs> We have to have the same one and two then. It's a question of whether they're in the same yes, order. Yes, and I fought with it a lot because I'm not quite sure if I still got it right, but I decided to go with the way of fun, Paul. So My uh, number two yeah? is the one time that Tom Cruise has played a memorable villain. Yep. 
Same with me. It's Michael Mann's collateral. Collateral, yeah. absolutely. Okay. All right, let's talk about collateral. You okay. take it away, man. I've been doing a lot of talking. Cool. So, like, Michael Mann. Now, yes, Miami Vice is what I remember him for when I was a kid, but then he goes and does awesome stuff like Heat and motherfucking... For sure. All, you know, he does do a few dogs, but, like, uh, as a rule... The further on his career goes, the worse it gets. Like, yeah, you know, Black Hat. Black Hat. Oh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, all right. So, but then collateral. This thing comes here. So, I remember when we were looking at the trailers for this, because I... Um, Jamie Foxx, famously, when he first did an audition and stuff, he said he was he was called a TV actor by the actual by the by the manager or by the director, casting agent. And when he right. when he got cast for this, it's because he had enough juice to actually be in a film like this. But he said Michael Mann had to come to him and say, "All right, listen, you got the role, but you got to get better. When you play a TV actor, this is what you're doing. You're playing out here, right? Everything is big. You're trying to fill up the frame. I don't want that from you." I want you to be understated, but I want it all in your eyes. And he had to learn to be this guy, this cab driver, who would just look in the mirror every now and then and just play down. That's cool. Tom Cruise comes along, and he, the idea behind this character was, he said it was, if you had to sum it in one, in one line, it was rough trade in a great suit. Yeah, I remember you said that many times, yeah. Yeah, so he's, so Tom Cruise being this guy and being the bad guy the whole time, because that was, the, guy, that was the, the, the thing on Tom Cruise, he's always the hero, you know? Uh, but he he made such a good bad guy in Vincent here, and the way that he pulls around and does all this stuff here, and I mean that that scene where he takes out the two guys in the alley, that's actually re- uh, renowned among gun enthusiasts yes. for the most perfect pull that you can do. There is numerous parts of this film which I really really enjoy. It's also experimental in that man shot on digital. It was one of the first films in two thousand and really? four to be present that way. Twenty eight days later was another one from ah. uh, D- uh, Daddy Boyle. So it's got this really washed out kind of pixelated mm. look, which lends itself to this LA nightscape. Yeah. And it's all over one night and you know, Max, Jamie Foxx picks up Yarda Pinkett Smith first. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they form a bit of a connection. He's like, oh, yeah. If there's one knock in this film is that she's in it. <laughs> I don't mind. She does a fine job. She's, she she's does not, a fine job. The, the knock on the film is it's very convenient that it just happens to be later on that, that her his ultimate target is her. I, I have zero problem with that because it's a film. Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah. other than that, well, in the middle then, what people forget is Mark Ruffalo is in this movie too. And Mark Ruffalo is playing the detective who chases him. And you think this Mark is Ruffalo is going to be the guy that's going to save the day. And when it goes Until the way it goes, it's it, like, This oh. is 20 years old. We're, we're spoiling this film. Until Vincent guns him down unceremoniously. You're like, with, holy shit, with Max. With no is foreshadowing. Exactly. Oh, you're like this. You're like, no, no, no. And, and that's like, it. That's the swings I like in movies. When it throws you for a loop, not just in a character death, but in whatever development. Like, I didn't see that fucking coming. Holy shit. That, and, that person's father. <gasps> and also, it wasn't lingered on because they cut right back yeah. to Tom Cruise. Get in the car. Yep. You know, like, oh, shit. He's fucked now. And that whole moment. Yep. You as the audience member, you're Max, ringing. Because. Probably one of the great strengths of this movie is, and it is testament to Tom Cruise's performance, and it is a testament to Jamie Foxx's performance, but I think it comes down to the script, is you understand why Max isn't doing anything. Oh, come on, fucking do this. Sometimes there's a great, great example of a, of a foreign film called Speak, uh, Speak No Evil. The film is ruined by, for me, when yeah. I say ruined, it drops to a three and a half stars because it's a wonderful film. It's so tense. It's so well put together. It's ruined by stupidity on behalf of the protagonists. And that is that will kill a film because you don't understand and so now you're yeah. out of the film. Whereas this film, you totally get why Max is doing what he's doing. Absolutely. It makes and then that's the moment he realizes I have to do I have to do something because I'm going to die. Yeah. And that's why it works. Yep. Exactly. And then and even then you you understand each move they make and it's like oh he's forced to do this. He has to do it. Now it's real. Now yep. it's relatable. So yeah, collateral. Yeah, I'm not walking away from this. He's not letting me walk away from this. He probably was deluding himself up to that point. He's got a gun. There's nothing I do. I get shot. I'm dead. Yeah. You know. But at that point, well, I've got to do something. Exactly. So I, that's one of the many reasons I really like this film, other than man's direction and, and all the rest of it. But Tom Cruise plays a chilling bad guy and he does it so well. And at that point in time, I believe there was a clause. So the rumor goes, Tom Cruise can't die. Exactly. And then this is why I'm sure, I know this is not on your list now, but when he said like, it became a rumor in Hollywood that he's got a clause in his contract that he can't die. And then he made Oblivion where he dies over and over and over. No, and then Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, wasn't it? Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow he does, but he also dies a lot in Oblivion. Oh, okay. So, or at least, yeah. So, because it's, you know, Oblivion. Turns out he's a clone. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, there you go. My number two, number one. Both of our number twos. All right. Well, then it sounds like we have exactly the same number one. It has to be. Let's go through our list, Wayne, both of us, before we reveal it. Then my number 10 is A Few Good Men, nine, Minority Report, eight, Tropic Thunder, seven, Top Gun Maverick, six, War of the Worlds, five, Last Samurai, four, Mission Colon Impossible, three, Edge of Tomorrow, two, Collateral. Wayne, what are your 10 through two? 
Uh, 10 is Interview with a Vampire, 9 War of the Worlds, 8 Edge of Tomorrow, 7 Tropic Thunder, 6 Top Gun Maverick, 5 Jerry Maguire, 4 Minority Report, 3 The Last Samurai, 2 Collateral, and our number ones are Paul. Are, are we going to say it together? We are. Ready? Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible call out. Fuck you. Here I can't eat my dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I don't like oh, drink God. there as well. Uh, look, Wayne. Oh my I, gosh. This we is gosh, we do. Good. We do. 2018, this film came out, if I'm not mistaken. It 2018, is? it was in the middle of July. We got an advanced screening to it. For some strange reason, my workplace with people I really, that's my the best workplace I've ever been in, had wonderful, wonderful people that I was working with, uh, friends with just about all of them. Yeah. And they decided we're having Christmas in July this year rather than Christmas in the, the year. Mm-hmm. It was on the same night. Mendoza. Like, damn it. Now I've got to make a choice here. And I ended up opting to go to the movie. <laughs> And then turning up at like ten because this movie goes for two hours and a half hours. Turning up there at nine thirty when everyone was wrapping up and got to have a quick drink with everyone. What a choice! Good call, right? What a choice! Good call, my friend, because that's how we didn't know it was going to be this good. Yes, I want to suck Henry Cavill's dick, but that's not the point. And also, they this film, Henry Cavill, they put a, put him in a mustache to make sure he wasn't better looking than Tom Cruise in this film, and that's hard to do, making that man not attractive. <laughs> so well. <laughs> Our God may have achieved it with the clothing and the hair, but anyway. Even so, he'd get a load. But the... Uh, <laughs> I think you'd get several ways. He would, he would. No, you would. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'd, I'd fuck him right in the face. Um, the <laughs> Now, look, I think this is easy one of the top 10 action films ever made, Paul. Ooh. That's how good this motherfucker is. Gee. And it's like, I guess if you had to go in on why it worked, because remember, seventh, is it seventh or sixth? Sixth show in the, in the, the franchise? Sixth. How's that one going to be the best of the lot? Hardly ever happens, Agreed. ladies and gentlemen. Never has happened. Other but, than Jason Lives, people might argue is the best of the Friday for the 13th franchise. Not me. So the <laughs> Have you seen Jason Lives? No, motherfucker. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, um, this is not even the same. Like, this is fucking a mission impossible, so I don't even worry about your Jason Lives. Right? I was comparing sixes in a, in a fucking film I series. But anyway, why did it work, Paul? Why did it work so well that it's at the top of our this actor's list? Probably... The writing, if you had to go there. Look, I have theories. Go on. Five is when Christopher McQuarrie takes over Rogue Nation. Right. And fine film. It's fine. It, and it literally is fine. It's three stars for me. Yep. It's, I think, one of the lesser films in the whole franchise. Obviously way ahead of number two. Yeah, they all are. But I suspect maybe it's the second worst in the franchise, if I'm really honest. Rogue Nation didn't do much for me. Would you say number three is the, the third, the second bit? Third, I like third and three. three and five are sort of, yeah, there. Yeah. Then I'd have... Six and four close together, and then one. Sorry, six or seven and four close together. Yeah, and then one and and. Well, I'd like it known that I that I put that I didn't put Ghost Protocol in here just yes. because I had Fallout at number one. Shocked, I am shocked. Right. But look, he's found his feet. He's building on what he established in Rogue Nation, which has never been. De- I mean, it has, but not to the in the fullest extent. So the same group are involved here. Yep. You've got yeah, an actual. Otherwise, it's pretty much a similar plot. It's always Ethan and his team having to go rogue. Actually, that's a good point. This is the this is the solidified group. Simon Pegg, Bing Rames has been there in every yep. one. The only guy in besides Tom this Cruise. is kind of like the Empire Strikes Back, even though without the sad ending. Yeah. Of the Star Wars trilogy, it's the middle one, and, and Dead Reckoning is part one and part two. So we haven't really seen how Return of the Jedi turns out just yet. But exactly. It all comes together here perfectly, and you're right. Cavill being cast as you know an ally doesn't Flash. last that long. Yes. Right. And then, of course, your favorite, Rebecca Ferg, Ferg mm-hmm. Ferguson, Thing Rames, yes, Simon Pegg, yes. All of it works. Even the way that Alec Baldwin's character is dealt with in this film Oh, works. my God. Killed me. But most importantly, most importantly, the action sequences in this film are astounding. Yeah. Yeah. And you're on the edge of your seat for real. The helicopter shit at the end? Dude. Two and a half hours this film runs, by the way, eight minutes shorter than June part one, Wayne. So. <laughs> You can deal with a long film when it when it, you need to. When Tom and Henry are in it, sure. It just never lets up. You're yeah. never bored in this movie. There's even a whole sort of flash forward sequence of how they imagine a whole heist is going to go, which must have cost millions of Absolutely. fucking dollars. Even that's riveting the way it's shot, the slow mo and everything. Else. And then you it's find beautiful. out that it was in his head. You're, oh, because he goes and takes out innocent people. I'm like, what, what, what? And then, but it was played perfectly well. Yep. And then when it comes to fruition, he's like, nah, I'm just going to ram this thing into the ocean. Really, really good shit. Uh, yeah, I think everything fired on this one. And I love Christopher McQuarrie, man. I love his writing. I love his direction. I love him. Can't argue. Yeah. Very so, good. I, I mean, When's that new one coming up, Paul? 2025. Shit. So not, not, not this year. I would imagine April, May, maybe June next year. Hmm. Okay. And okay. yeah, obviously this, this one didn't do as well. So it'll be interesting to see whether that can bring it home. I don't know if people really respond to part one and part two's 
We'll find out with June, I guess, very shortly. Look, so I hope he still Dune. keeps doing them. Um, what can I say? I don't know. I might, maybe yeah, look, he might one. be on the truth, but I'll watch him, man. I'll be the guy turning up. <laughs> I don't think my dollar's quite going to get there, but, you know. <laughs> Not by go. itself. Not by itself. There you are. That's the number one. Wayne, what are your honorable mentions? Okay, here we go. Yes, Ghost, Ghost Protocol. Um, yeah, me too. I actually think Rain Man is great. I think Cocktail is it should just be called Sex, the movie. <laughs> but it's uh, I liked it very much. I even like the first Jack Reacher, Paul. I nah. will, Vanilla Sky is great. It's just hard no. to watch. Come on, it's hard to movie. watch. The Firm was a great early film yeah, of his. Was right. but, and even Valkyrie was good. It's Valkyrie just was a, okay. I'll tell you this though, all right? All my shoehorning is my number 10. Well, there's a James Mangold film he did called Night and Day. Yeah. I know, everyone didn't like it, but Not let me everyone. tell you. One of the listeners, I think it was uh, Mina Harker. Said, if you get to it again, this is a second worth watching because it's actually, James Mangold is like, all right, I'm going to take every action hero trope and I'm going to get Tom Cruise to make fun of every single one almost in turn. It's a better movie than you'd think it would be, put it that way. I say it's okay. Yeah, worth it. But please, go well, on. Final mentions were just Oblivion, the aforementioned, and then Mission Impossible 3 and Ghost Protocol, just backing up what I said about those two being nice. quite similar to each other. Yeah, that's it. There you go. That's Good it from us. Uh, nice what one. about you? We wrap up every episode of the show with your feedback on the topic at hand in the segment that we call a Pop 10. Talk about Pop 10. Talk about off this pop, week's pop 10 I should say with Joey DiCarlo one of the hosts of So Is A Podcast who hates Tom Cruise <laughs> and I actually Why, called, I literally called him out in the uh, when I put the post up there saying come on even Joey DiCarlo can find three good Tom Cruise damn films. right you can surely uh, so he has he only has a few films so good they transcend his crappiness uh, number three I guess legend <laughs> Number two, Top Gun, Colin Maverick. Was it Colin? Okay. And number one, Edge of Tomorrow. So, yeah. Yeah. Well done, Joey. You got there. <laughs> Blake Jarvis said Edge of Tomorrow at three. Collateral two, Mission Impossible, Fallout at number one. Mm. Mario Leon said Cocktail, Top Gun, and A Few Good Men. Yeah. So, Top Gun, there's the one and only person who flew the flag for that film. There you go. Kia Crow said Edge of Tomorrow at three, Mission Impossible, Fallout at two, and Top Gun, Maverick at number one. Great list. Oh, yeah. she said three, two, three. I assume Top Gun, Maverick's number one. I don't know. It could be the way around. All good. Luke Alexander says, number three, whatever Wayne says. Number two, <laughs> whatever Wayne says. Number one, whatever Paul says. Let's put him yes. Nice double blind. Well done, Paul. Number, <laughs> sorry, not, not number. Julio from The Contrarian said, number three, Magnolia. The only mention of that film. Did you see it? I did. What did you it's think? Very long. I don't like Paul Thomas Anderson films. Neither do I. And that's why I haven't actually seen it, Paul. So mm-hmm. there you go. One, two, a few good men, though. Okay. And number one. Jerry fucking Maguire. Yeah, my man. But now, just when you're getting a happy at Julio, and way at the bottom of the list, Top Gun and Maverick. Top Gun Maverick or Top Gun and Maverick? Both of them. Both. What? Yeah. Who? How quickly the world? How quickly the world is turned for Julio? In the show. <laughs> I know what you're doing, Julio. I fucking know. <laughs> Philip Wilson said Tom Cruise is the goat of action stars. Number one. Sorry, number three, Monero Report. Number two, Top Gun Maverick. Number one, Mission Impossible. Three. Three. Mm, Felicity Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Evans. Hey, Matt. How you going? Said number three, Eyes Wide Shut. Still gives me wood. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly. You can't handle the truth. It's, it's, it is a good film. It is a really good film. Number two, Collateral. What a white-knuckled ride. So rewatchable, 100% agree. And the only mention of this. Oh, no. No, there's one other mention. Born on the 4th of July, fuck Daniel D. Lewis's left foot. TC should have got an Oscar for this. I agree. Hmm. All right. Then Mike Margosian said, Color of Money at three. Really? Two. Mission Impossible Fallout, number two, number one, Edge of Tomorrow. John Brogdon said, Born on the 4th of July, number one. There it is. Topic Thunder wow. at number two. And Jerry Maguire at number three. Nice. And he said, oh, I want to mention Cocktail. It's a former bartender. We all tried to give it that Tom Cruise flair. Who didn't? Chris Yeedy said, Number three, Top Gun barely beats out Legend. Legend? Are we real about this? Number two, Mission Impossible. Number one, A Few Good Men. And the worst, Vanilla Sky. Open Your Eyes is a much better version. <laughs> then David Powell, one of the other co-hosts of the We Watch Thing podcast. And I, yeah, maybe it's time to mention I, myself, David, Billy, and uh, Liz from the Movie Reviews and 20Qs podcast. Bill and Drew from the Real Fools podcast are coming together to do a bit of a super podcast Ooh. of things. That's like Travelling Wilburys. A little bit Travelling Wilburys. Which yeah. one would I be? Anyway. You're George Harrison. I'll... <laughs> Give you more. T- Am I? Is that a good or bad thing? It's a good thing, motherfucker. He was a beetle. Okay, yeah. yeah. Were they all beetles? Oh no, he was no, the beetle. Roy Orbison and shit. Yeah. Uh, look, more details on that to come in short order. I'm not sure when I'm allowed to talk about it. But Apparently anyway, now. <laughs> but I mean, in specifics. Sure. Number three, risky business. Number two, Vanilla Sky, having just been shut upon by Chris Uni. Number one, Mission Impossible Fallout. I think we can agree. 
Fallout wins, right? It seems to have been the one that... Fallout most... or, or Maverick? No, it's definitely been mentioned Fallout way Dragon? more times than Maverick. Dragon. Way more times. <laughs> and the last word for this week goes to Brianna Petty. Who said if Wayne puts Jerry Maguire at one, I'm boycotting the show and the entirety of Australia. Bree! <laughs> Had I known. <laughs> I'll test you on that, Bree. I will test no, he did not. Thank God it was only number five or what the hell it was. Yeah, it's up there. Though. So hopefully you're still listening at this time next week, Bree. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you so much for back to us. I only put that call out. And I want to apologize to take this opportunity to say, like, I'm sorry I was late on the episode being put up. It's a simple case of uh, getting old and forgetting things. I was just tired when I finished the edit. Couldn't be asked doing it that late at night. And at so least I, you didn't shit your pants, Paul. Wait. <laughs> you know that story. Become a patron. Yeah. <laughs> Become a patron at $3 a level or above. And uh, look, this I'll try to get back into the regular scheme of things this week. And uh, Wayne, what is happening next week, I should say, on the show? We are doing one of those versus episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Been a while. Been a while. In the chat, which is for the $3 and above patrons, there was a bit of buzz around, well, what about some other topics the boys could do? And I can't remember who I need to give credit to for this. I'm going to have a look. It was Chris Yeeney who said, remember the epis where two actors going against one another in a reverse scoring system series came out victorious, a la Sly vs. Arnold? Those were fun. Maybe some stuff like that again. Word. So yes, then a bunch of patrons put up their ideas and B-Dizzle, aforementioned, he said, how about Affleck versus Damon? Yeah. Best mates, or at least they used to be best mates. But also have also a really great sort of film like career, like a lot to There's choose There's a from. lot of films in there. So we're going to come, come back with our best 10 films that feature one or the other or both. And and then give you uh, who, our belief slash scoring system on who is the superior actor. Really Definitively deciding once in a while whether Matt Damon is better than Ben Affleck or vice versa. Now, the other person I forgot to shout out today before I forget is, of course, top level patron of the show, Cy Wazow. Cy. Who was responsible for today's topic because he was such a nice bloke. He gave us like five topics we could do as a top level patron of the show. And one of them was, this one's for Wayne. Do top 10 T to the C films. My man. Uh, which we, as I said, mentioned we did a long time ago. I had ago. a great time with this episode, so thank you very much. So thank you very much, Sai, for your support. Hopefully so thank you, you to all the patrons who do get on board. And speaking of Wayne, how do the folks get in touch with us? They can Google the Countdown Podcast, find all our socials, get on board, click some links in the show notes. I mean, they're all there. Send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com or visit the website, thecountdownpodcast.com. Like or follow the show on Podbean, where we host follow us on X, the Countdown PC, or Instagram, something very similar. I'm sure if you search the Countdown Podcast, you will find us. And uh, yeah, otherwise, Facebook's community, we've talked enough about it today. That is it for us. Thank you so, so much for joining us for episode 463 of the Countdown Podcast. My name is Paul. My name's Wayne. And this has been the soundboard. Tom Cruise, except for maybe Henry Cavill in Wayne's book. We'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya.